playing at, Bray. Just call it. Oh, come on! Is this just a game to you? I know what I'm doing, Danny. Look, how could you give Emily that kind of power? How could you, Bray? I know what this looks like, but just trust me. We don't have an alternative right now. Ebony thinks she's using us, but it isn't that way. Believe me, let me handle this for everyone's benefit. Look, I don't know what Ebony's got on you, but you just made yourself a pact with the devil. So welcome to Series 2, Episode 17 of Conversation League Mountain, a podcast about the tribe. I'm your host, Lance, and joining me on the podcast panel today is Liz. Hello. Sabine. Hi. And Colin. What up? With episode notes done by Matt and myself. So series two, episode 17, the screenplay was done by Charles Hodges. It was directed by Costa Boats. And the episode synopsis were read out by Liz. Following his actions at the beach, Lex is given the cold shoulder by the rest of the tribe. And a confrontation with Bray doesn't help his standing in the mall. Ebony continues to exploit her hold on Bray to her own advantage, and Casey enlists Patsy and Chloe to help with his latest scheme. Okay, so, panel, we open the episode with the rest of the Morats learning about what happened at the beach with the Chosen. And in the resulting discussion slash argument, both Bray and Lex come in for a bare, fair bit of blame for losing Trudy and Brady. On one hand, Lex is furious that Bray was about to let him die in order to save Trudy, while Spray is furious at how Lex always ruins everything. So, panel, how did you react to this opening scene and which side do you fall on? Batsy's side. We should have let him die. Just, ah, I just can't stand the fact that Lex is still here and Trudy is gone. So, yeah, I guess I'm on Bray's side because he's on Patsy's side as well. Um, I think I'm going to have to say... I'm Team Trudy, so I'm not on either Lex or Bray's side. I think they both equally screwed this up. I don't agree with either of them. And I'm just like, yeah, Lex screwed up the rescue. And Bray refused to actually give do a rescue. I, they're both to blame in my eyes. I can't take sides. They both screwed up so bad. Mm. And, I mean, as angry as I was at Lex in the last episode, I was. I was so pissed off at him. And I totally would have left him to die. I was angrier at Bray to not doing anything and letting her go, letting her have to make that decision. Um, so I'm just, I can't be team Bray. I can't agree with him because I'm like, Bray, I know you have every right to be pissed off at Lex. You do. Lex screwed up. There is no doubt about that. He's a freaking loser and he screws up a lot of things, but that doesn't detract from how bad Bray messed up. And the fact that Bray is projecting all his anger onto Lex. So one, he doesn't have to face the fact that Ebony is just as much to blame for this because she's the one who blackmailed him and kept the information of where Trudy was from him. And he's conveniently not telling anybody about that. And two, he's just as angry at himself, but he doesn't want to admit that. So it's, of course he's pointing it all on Lex. Lex is the only reason this all went down. And I'm just like, Bray, you screwed up just as bad. You both suck, and I hate you. And the person who lost is Trudy, so I'm not on either of their teams. I guess she has a point there. Yeah, I completely agree. So, on that statement, I'm on Team Liz. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Carlin. 
<laughs> but I'm also on Team Dale, so don't don't get it twisted. <laughs> so I never, even, I'll never get it twisted. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so even though I wasn't a part of the last podcast, and I really wish I was because the end of that episode with the beach is hilarious and so conflicting that it drives me crazy. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's both of their faults. I would give a little bit more of the blame on Bray just because, like, mm-hmm. dude, like, the Chosen are right there. We can end this right now. But for some reason, he just chose not to uh, from the god of the screenwriters. I, I like to think so. Um, initially, when I first watched the episode, though, and when I watch it, I like to pretend I'm the characters. And as I was pretending to be Bray, the when the Guardian said, let Trudy go or we'll kill this guy. And then they brought up Lex. I was like, is he serious right now? <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, yeah, yeah, you can kill him. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't have lost any sleep over that. But um, again, I mean, Lex did have a really good idea of sinking their boats or letting their boats go. It's just he shouldn't have went alone. And for that, he's a liability. So... Uh, yeah, it's both their thoughts, but I'll lean a little bit more towards Bray. What about you, Lance? It, it is a tough one because the way you summed it up, like, mm-hmm. yeah, they, they, <laughs> they've got so much blame. But I'm, I think I'm mostly with you. Bray's indecision was worse than anything else. So I'm kind of, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at at the moment. It's also crazy on how whenever the mall rats seem to help have people outnumbered, they think they're going to lose the battle and they just decide to do nothing. It's absolutely crazy. That's simple. They suck at math. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. School ended. That's why. <laughs> the mall rats aren't warriors and, and Bray is pretty much a pacifist. So at this point in their development, they're not really fighters. Oh, come on. Alice could have knocked some out. Alice could, but... <laughs> Ebony could. Yeah, I can see where I can see where Bray was coming from, but then that pit I was I was fine with. But then there was that ultimate indecision to make a decision on Trudy's mm-hmm. behalf. Really, yeah, really pained me. <laughs> yeah, you know, if anyone's to blame for this mess, it's Ebony. And we will come to that because <laughs> the writing miraculously forgets <laughs> Ebony's involvement. To, <laughs> Do this narrow focus onto Bray and Lex, and yeah, we'll we'll, we'll come to that in a bit. Mm-hmm. That really annoys me. Um, As for yeah. Bray finally showing some emotion, mm-hmm. it's good, but unfortunately, it's kind of the build up. It's the climax to a build up we didn't really get, so it doesn't work as well. Like I think this climax of Bray's anger and upset would be so much better. If, for example, he had shown more concern for Brady when she disappeared, if he had been scouring the streets, like when he sits there and says that Brady is my last family member I have and I'm never going to see her again, it doesn't hold as much weight when I saw him spend two days not even looking for her initially Mm -hmm. because he was just preoccupied in the mall Um, and that's unfortunately that is just the way they wrote it like i can imply that he felt things inside but he did not act on those feelings he did not as sabine said act as though he gave a crap his niece had been taken or was upset about it and may have even been happy that she was gone because that's the way his behavior was mm-hmm. for him to have this humongous climatic emotional just outpouring of my niece i'll never see her again i'm so upset i'm so angry i'm willing to kill lex over it and it's like 
where was this upset when she first went missing and she was gone for days and you made no decision and did nothing to try and get her back? Where was this rage and this emotional outpouring when she was in your arms with her mother and you literally had to choose between her life and Lex's and you chose to do nothing? It just doesn't, you're not selling it to me. It's a little too late to play this. Oh my gosh, I'm so sad and upset that my family member's gone. And it's just like, yeah, that's your fault. So <laughs> um, I'm just, I could have worked, but it, it didn't for me. No, and there he is suddenly being full of emotion that Brady's gone and not even mentioning the fact that Trudy's gone, even though they have all that history. Well, I do think his focus being on his niece is more, more important. Yeah. So if he had been like, Trudy's gone, I'd be like, what about your friggin' niece, Bray? Like, what mm -hmm. about her, you know? So I think it's appropriate that he's focused on Brady and not Trudy. Um, but it's just, it's not working because it's like, this is your fault. I mean, granted, I, I know what the writers are doing. You know, they are trying to paint the narrative that Bray was helpless and he's not to blame for this, and he's kicking himself. We shouldn't kick Bray. He's mad at, he's punishing himself enough, guys, so we shouldn't be mad at him for what he did. And that's how the narrative is carefully crafting this story. It is trying to paint Bray as a victim of his own fault, follies, his own faults, you know, and we're meant to empathize with him, even if we don't agree with what he's doing. But I do think that it conveniently leaves out who Bray should be mad at. It's easy to focus on Lex. And it's like you said, the writers completely forget Ebony's involvement here. And so does Bray. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, uh, okay. Uh, okay, I see what you guys are I, doing. I, I always wondered if Bray actually forgot or if he was shoving that part down in his own brain because he knew that the way he handled Ebony was wrong. And in giving her that much power, he screwed up his one chance to have his niece back. If I were if I were writing Bray, that's exactly what I'd have going on in his head. That most of this anger comes from his, he's blaming himself. He's angry at himself mm -hmm. because he knows he's the one who screwed up. He's the one who messed this up, but he can't do anything about that. So he has to project his anger onto someone else. But I don't know if that's what the writers were going for, but mm -hmm. I'm with you, Sabine. That's where I would be taking this character. Mm -hmm. But it's easy to take it out on Lex because, well, he's Lex. Yeah. He screws up stuff. <laughs> Again, he has every right to be angry at Lex. Lex did mess up. Uh, it's just that so did you, Bray. You messed up mm -hmm. maybe even more so than Lex did. And you could argue that at least Lex's screw up was an attempt to help. It was mm -hmm. a bad attempt. And he was, yes, he was still looking for personal glory and trying to impress Ebony. But he didn't mess up the rescue because he was trying to stop you from saving Trudy. You know, like the only person who stopped you from saving Trudy was you, Bray, at the end of the day. So it's yeah. like, you can be mad at Lex. You're right for that. But mm -hmm. <laughs> he just doesn't want to admit that, admit that guilt to himself. Right. And exactly. Well, the only way he can deal with that is taking it out on. The next best option. And it's like, he really should be taking this out on Ebony. <laughs> but maybe Carlin's right. He's like, I just can't. That beautiful face. <laughs> How can anyone <laughs> destroy Ebony? She's so beautiful. Uh, yeah, but, you know, 
if he takes out an ebony, he's admitting his own fault, and he knows he will throw them back in his face. And if Lex does the same thing, eh, he doesn't care it's Lex. That's true. There's something about that psychologically, actually, that you're mentioning. With Lex, Bray can look at Lex and say, this is all your fault, and project all his anger on mm-hmm. him, because Lex is a safe target. One, yeah. Lex did screw up, and he is always screwing up. Lex has a reputation of not caring about anybody, and everybody could believe that Lex did this on purpose because he made it clear over and over again that he didn't give a crap about Trudy. So you could make the argument he screwed up the rescue just because he didn't want to save her because he always made it clear he didn't like her and didn't give a crap if they ever got her back. He is a totally safe target because mm-hmm. he has screwed over his tribe so many times it's easy there's nothing lex could say back to bray that's gonna hurt bray's feelings because bray is above lex in his own mind in his own superiority of like Mm -hmm. i'm a better person than you there's nothing you could say to bring me down but if he tried to pull this with ebony she is his intellectual superior just like you said she could call him out and he'd have nothing to say so if he doesn't want to look in the mirror at himself and admit what he did how he screwed this up how at the end of the day he was the one in charge and he blew it of course he's not going to confront ebony because she would hold that mirror up to his face like he was a horror movie villain from the 80s he should have (laughs) (laughs) yeah so there's there's two things with this now that i'm really really thinking about it uh, the first thing is, I think uh, Bray has such a pouty mood and, and gets all in his feelings with Trudy being taken away by the Chosen. Because I think throughout his tenure with the Marats, he knows that he's made some really dumb and idiotic choices. The problem is, he doesn't want people to be conscious that it was his fault of making those idiotic choices. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Lex kind of, even though Lex did something wrong he kind of brought it to light how dumb <laughs> bray is as a leader for the Marats right now and i think bray hates that to the point where that's why he lashes out at lex so that's the first thing and the second thing is this is both lex and bray's fault but i'm going to actually put blame to everyone on the Marats for electing bray as a leader because the more i think about it i don't think bray is meant to be a leader i don't think it's in his heart and it's kind of like just somebody who's like that pretty boy who everyone just likes and everyone, you know, confines in. They're like, oh, you should be the leader. Why not you? Even though he has no business of being the leader. So it's kind of like electing a president that is an idiot and has no idea what he's doing. And you're going to get upset with him when he does something really stupid. That blame still falls back on them. So I'm just going to blame everybody. In their defense, Bray was, wasn't ever voted yeah. to be leader yeah, um, that's not say. how he's he's not in the position because he was voted to be leader um Amor inherited mm. the title because of amber's death i mean he was one of the three leaders in mm-hmm. season one where it was broken down it was designated we had our three branches of government in the mall and bray was good at the branch of government he was in charge of and he was trusted mm-hmm. at that place but unfortunately when the president died the vice president had to step up because, you know, the Secretary of Defense was incapable and nobody trusted the Secretary of Defense. So the Vice President's like, 
crap, I never wanted this role, but I have to take it for the sake of the president and for everybody else. I'm going to do my best. So there's that sense of like everybody mm-hmm. wants they do trust him. They know he's a good guy, but they didn't pick him because they thought he was a good leader. He just in, kind of inherited the title once right. Amber. He was the natural choice after Amber left, and they they didn't really think about if we should elect a new leader because in their eyes, Bray hasn't done anything wrong. He's not a bad mm-hmm. person. He's mm-hmm. not leading us astray. But you're right. Mm-hmm. He he isn't a good leader. He's not meant to be a leader. And eventually, it will get to the point where it's like you guys. You need to stop looking for Bray to be your leader because this isn't... I, I would have loved at some point if Bray had honestly looked at him himself and said, there's got to be someone who's better at this job than me or designated like Amber had done and broke it down mm-hmm. and found other trusted people in the group to do things and handle things. But um, yeah, I, he was never elected. I don't think he's there because anyone thinks he's a great leader. He just, it's kind of like nepotism. <laughs> Right, you're absolutely right. He's just, he's there. Yeah, he's the leader right. because he's there and there's, well, no one else who wants it. Right. Well, yeah. you know what? It would have been an amazing scene if when all this was over, Chloe just comes up to Bray in the darkness and is like, puts her hand on his shoulder and is like, hey, listen, you're a weak leader. <laughs> Mentally, physically, I'm taking over. <laughs> the moment when bray is like but chloe she's like uh-uh, shut up <laughs> let this happen <laughs> that is so stupid it's fabulous <laughs> i actually want to kill him you know i want to kill him i've never felt like this about anyone let it go okay you have to how brady's all the family i've got left and I'm never going to see her again. And it's all his fault. Let's come back to Bray in a second. So over the course of the episode, a number of characters tried to come to terms with the idea that they might never see Trudy or Brady again. We even see Dow suddenly remembering that he once liked Trudy. And Tyson attempts to help by sending her a spiritual message, even though Patsy's under no illusions that it will make any difference. So yeah, let's just talk about that for a bit. What did you all think about how the different Morats affected on the loss of Trudy? <laughs> now they care okay okay i'm not gonna take this personally distance yourself from this elizabeth okay on its own in a bubble i love it i love the fact that they are reflecting on the reality of someone being gone forever it tells you that they never really believed that Trudy wasn't going to come home. They never really believed that Brady wasn't going to come home. They took for granted that their friends would find their way home and that this was just a little pothole on the highway of their Marat family. Fine. Again, in a bubble, that works. And this is something that happens to people, especially young people. They may not appreciate someone until they are actually gone, gone. And then it hits them. Wow, if I had known that they were going to be gone, gone, I would have said hi to them yesterday. I would have paid attention to them. Mm -hmm. I just never thought that one day they'd be gone, gone. That is good. That is beautiful. That is realistic. But it doesn't work when you consider the four out of five episodes that came before this when these guys barely gave a crap that Brady or Trudy had gone missing. So it's like little too too little too late. I don't care how you feel about this. I think for me the the one realistic response is Patsy because she feels she just feels guilty, you know, at the idea of 
Trudy and Brady never returning, she feels her own, you know, personal issues with that because she was the one looking after Brady when she went missing in the first place. Mm-hmm. But uh, some of the others, I mean, Tyson makes sense for Tyson, I guess, because she is doing what she did before when you no know, when things happened, just gather people in a circle, hold hands, think happy thoughts. But yeah, it's just it does not feel genuine. Like people care that Trudy's really gone, <laughs> just because I know they didn't care before her. Yeah, yeah. Going back and looking at it, I mean, that's cool and all that they want to hope and pray and all that stuff. But if I was there, I would have told Tyson, like, listen, this hoping and praying is is cool and all that stuff. But we need to go overthrow Bray as leader right now <laughs> before someone else gets kidnapped and taken under his leadership. I don't mind the Tyson scene. Again, it's speaking to how spirituality is often the center for many people. When horrible things happen, they can mm-hmm. do nothing about them. And that their faith is what helps get them through the dark times. Um, I, And it, again, that's very consistent with what Tyson has done. For the when these horrible things have happened, she's always focused on like bringing a center calm to the group to get us through these dark times. It's the only way we're going to get through this. And I do feel that um, uh, Michelle does a really great job in this scene. I feel a well of emotion coming out of Tysan. Like, she's having trouble with this too. The reality that she spent all these days distracted, not thinking about Trudy or Brady, and now they really are gone. And you almost get the sense that maybe, well, no, I'm not going to do that. That's projecting onto her but (laughs) yeah i'm not gonna do it i'm not gonna project onto her what she might be thinking but i did feel in the scene that michelle project portrayed a great deal of emotion and her desire to help everyone get through this was sincere i that's all i can say i don't know what she's thinking or what she's going through but it was a beautiful scene and again it's what a lot of people use to get through hard times but yeah that's all i can say about it yeah, and uh, cinematically, I love the uh, I love the scene too as well. Just the uh, the blue and uh, I love the table of the board games, and it was like a, a lamp kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Everything looked beautiful. I think it, it, the saddest thing about it is these scenes are so good where the characters are expressing this loss. They would have worked if they'd ever showed that they cared about the potential loss in the first place. You know, so seeing them lose at finding Trudy and Brady, if we'd actually seen the work they put into trying to find Brady and caring about Trudy, then this would be so sad and beautiful because they failed despite how hard they had tried. But because we know they did hardly try or care at all, it does come up empty, you know, and it's like, oh, you guys are trying to make yourselves feel better. But, you know, like, who cares about your feelings? You know, and so, yeah, in a bubble, the scenes are all so beautiful and they could have had such an impact, but they do- it doesn't because we know these guys expressed not caring at all that Trudy and Brady were gone. And so it's like, where do you get off giving a crap about it now? What, you just feel guilty because you did nothing to find them and now they're gone, gone? That's what this episode should be called, by the way. It should be labeled Season 2, Episode 17, Gone Gone. (laughs) I guess KC is actually most in character when responding to them being gone. Because he doesn't care. He just goes on with his life. That is true. (laughs) He just 
It's just another day, another loss. What can I earn today? Eh, gotta pick a bucket or two. She's he's like, finally, her room is clear. <laughs> <laughs> That's all that we're missing is him going through her stuff. <laughs> yeah, he can't because Selena and Ryan were already putting everything away, giving up all hope. In case he ever returns, yeah, right. That scene, though, when they were going through her room, putting her things away, that actually hit me hard because, like, that that acceptance after someone is gone and then having to go through their things. Because mm-hmm. uh, it's, ugh, I, ugh, and, and mm-hmm. I, I was rough. It was just like, wow, they truly are accepting that they're likely never going to see Trudy again or else they wouldn't be touching her bedroom. They would have just left it the way it was. You know, why are you putting her things away? Um, But they don't want anyone to touch her things. And they are dealing with the reality that she's not coming home for a while. You know, and there's something deeply depressing about that. And it actually works with Selena Ryan because with the exception of the first episode, Trudy, Mm -hmm. you know, Brady went missing. Those two are the only two who really have known that they gave a crap about these two missing people. And so it actually at least works for them to be the ones to show Trudy the respect and be in her room and putting her things away so that when she comes home, her things will be waiting for her. And Okay, okay, it's making me sad. I'm sorry. I, I can't talk mm. about it. it. Just looking at that scene, it just really makes me wish we got a scene like that for Sandra's stuff or Amber's stuff Yes, at the beginning of the yeah. season. I think it's because they took their things with them up mm-hmm. to Evil Mountain. Um, but yeah, but still, there was them, so there was so much left behind. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I was thinking, I was like, I that was what was missing from them: people dealing with their things. And then I mm-hmm. thought maybe maybe most of their important stuff they brought with them, and it was lost on Evil Mountain. I get what you mean about that scene, but I feel like it was too soon. Mm-hmm. It could have had a bit of impact like, on me personally if it was a few episodes down the line but like yeah. right now a couple of hours after the event I, it didn't quite hit me the same way I guess Yeah, I get what you're saying. it's instantly giving up all hope that she might ever return it just says what they feel about the situation they don't believe there's any hope she's coming home they don't believe there's any hope they're going to see her again you know, they, this for them, they're convinced she's gone forever. This group took her. Mm-hmm. You know, she might as well have been sold into slavery you know, across the great Atlantic. She's gone. You know, that's how in their heads it feels. So, yeah, it's really quick for them to be doing this and to have this defeatist attitude that she's gone like this. And um, but it just says how they feel about it. They have no hope that Trudy will ever get away from the Chosen. And the Chosen certainly aren't going to let her go on their own. So, mm-hmm. Oh, man. This just made me realize that these kids have done this before. So many times. Mm-hmm. With their parents' stuff and everyone around them. Yeah, it could just speak to their coping <sighs> mechanism of having to just... They don't have a choice. They, this is now a part of their life. Death and loss is just a part of their reality, and you can't linger on it. All you can do is pick up and keep going. You know, you say that, and, it's, and it makes mm-hmm. me start thinking that maybe that KC is the most cold-hearted person because maybe he's seen so much death and so much uh i don't know just friends leaving him throughout the course of the virus outbreak that he's become numb to it all i'm sure he has yeah maybe even before yeah he had to deal with plenty of loss before the virus 
Right. Like KC, nothing ever lasts. Nothing is permanent. Nothing matters. So why cry about it? <laughs> Keep going. Man, this would have been a great episode for a, uh, a flashback episode. Everything that's happened up to this point, and then it's just a flashback about KC before the virus and why he is the way he is. It's not relevant, though. Nothing Casey does in this episode is relevant to him getting well, a flashback. Well, I'm, if if the episode would have been written in a in a course of how people react to someone actually being gone, and everyone's kind of, uh, I guess, coping in their own way, kind of feeling sad about it, but then Casey's the only one not sad, and then I guess maybe you figure out why he's not sad about it. Again, I mean, it wouldn't mm-hmm. be relevant to the plot because nothing Casey mm-hmm. does is relevant to the bigger picture. If Casey was in a position, like say he was the leader and he was showing this complete lack of emotion, then it would be relevant to show a flashback explaining why the freaking leader doesn't even care or seem to care that, you know, they lost two members of their tribe. But because what Casey's doing isn't relevant, seeing why he doesn't care doesn't matter to the plot. I see, I see. But I get what you're saying. It's just that because, you know, it, it doesn't really matter that Casey doesn't care because it doesn't affect the story. So, but I'm not saying a, a flashback for Casey would be dumb or <laughs> unnecessary, but you'd, yeah, you'd have to write a story where it matters. Oh, if only we had a prequel, a prequel show, or prequel series. But I mean, if characters like Lex don't get a relevant flashback, why would they give one to Casey? Right, right. But imagine if there was like a... Kind of like how there's a Disney Plus, there's like a Clout Nine Plus, <laughs> and it's just like a bunch of just prequel series from all your favorite tribe members. Well, knowing Ray, he would just let anyone write them. So I don't know how I'd feel about that. I would love to write Dale. <laughs> Dale. I was going to say you offering Liz. It would just be a bunch <laughs> of fan fiction, and we've already got that. So. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could have been written into the episode itself. We, we didn't need the whole sunglasses and watch thing. They could have had a scene with just the three kids talking about loss, just amongst themselves. That would have been very good. Mm-hmm. I agree wholeheartedly that they could have been given something better to do. 100%. Yeah, I agree. Okay, it's been a long time coming. Let's, so let's talk about the fight. From the day Trudy and I came here, You've been nothing but trouble. What's your problem? You're a smug, stuck-up little Nancy boy who thinks he's better than anyone else. But deep down, you just don't cut it. That's why you're too scared to take on the Chosen. I'm not too scared to take you on. Congratulations. You just signed your own death warrant. So Bray admits to Danny that he wants to kill Lex, and she tries to make him promise to keep his distance. He can't though, and he and Lex eventually come to blows, with Ebony having to step in when Lex plays even more dirty. So yeah, I don't like the Ebony and Trudy slap. This has been a long time coming panel, so yeah, what were, you fight? What were your thoughts about the fight? wasn't a fair fight. He was drunk. Why would you fight a, someone who's drunk? <laughs> I feel like the fans got cheated. Um, there are plenty of reasons for Lex and Bray to be fighting. This is built up for a long time. I'm totally fine with them fighting, even if Bray isn't taking his share of the responsibility, even if Bray is projecting anger at himself onto Lex because Lex is a safe target. I'm totally fine with them fighting, but I still feel like the fans got cheated because they didn't get a good fight, a fair fight. Um, It's just, it's a lame-ass fight. Lex is drunk, so there's no victory in Bray getting him down on the ground because Lex is already at a complete disadvantage, you know? And then, of course, you know, Lex cheating, it's just the same thing as Bray coming at a drunk person. 
Um, I, I just, I, it's a very unsatisfying fight. I like, we deserve better than this because these guys do have a very good reason to be fighting at this point. This is supposed to be the culmination of a season of boiling rage and resentment and anger at each other, you know, and they both have good reasons to want to pound each other's faces in or have sex, whatever it is that these two want to <laughs> do. Um, Wait, they're going to have sex? What? <laughs> <laughs> These two would have the best hate sex ever. But anyway, sorry. It's just a joke. Um, yeah, we just got cheated out of a good fight. You know what I mean? I understand the point, but I just feel like this was lame. This could have been better. Um, I would have loved the fact. I mean, I guess I kind of like the fact that Lex cheats. You know, I think that's cool because even drunk, he does find an advantage over Bray. I thought that was nice, but... It's not well choreographed. I think it could have been done better. I've seen better stunts with them. And again, it still falls flat because imagine how awesome this fight would be if Lex really was the reason that we didn't get Trudy and Brady back. Like if Bray had done everything he possibly could to save them and Lex is the one who screwed it up. Man, we'd be gagging for this fight. This would be amazing. But because Bray is just as responsible, it's just... I don't know. It's just disappointing. That's all I have. It's disappointing. The fans deserved better. Yeah, this fight was... Um, I just wish Lex wasn't drunk. This <laughs> 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 should have been like a real proper fight. Like a real type of... Uh, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like these two should have been like... They should have been fighting for the whole episode. Like literally from the start... And then you probably break it up with some subplots of characters doing whatever. And then you keep showing <laughs> the fighting is still happening. That's how long they should have should have fight it. Because, yeah, you're right. There's been so much pent up uh, aggression towards each other. And and it's almost kind of like a uh, what's a good analogy for it? I want to say it's almost like a, a Batman and a Joker type of thing. <laughs> like these two are complete so opposites, but they fit each other so well. And although they hate each other, but they also need each other in each other's lives. See, if I think about this fight and how I wanted it to go, it would have at least involved one of them shoving the other against the balcony, you know? Or at least getting out of that room and just making it a big, massive thing. I will say this. Um, something I think could have worked with for me in this fight. Now, this fight serves several different purposes it's meant to show that bray has reached a point where he is no longer able to even control his emotions we're used to him being able to keep them in check and uh, last time he and lex had a confrontation bray had, was able to easily back down from it he was able to prove his mettle to lex without actually engaging with mm -hmm. him you know um and so i get it the whole purpose for lex uh, bray is to show that he is completely unraveled and this is why uh, Ebony will be able to dangle him all over the place because he's got nothing left and he doesn't know what to do and he's overwhelmed. Okay, that's cool. And we know the purpose for Lex. This is him hitting rock bottom. He has lost everything. Mm -hmm. and doesn't even have his self-respect. And he's facing the reality that people in his tribe would have rather seen him dead than Trudy gone and are mm -hmm. saying that to his face. It should have been you. They should have let you die. You weren't worth saving. And that's what he's facing all over the mall. So that's great. I see that purpose. I think what could have even worked better 
for Lex's downfall and showing Bray's rage that has been building up, especially towards Lex, is if in this moment where they were fighting, Bray literally hurled every crime against Lex at his face, reminding him of how worthless mm-hmm. he is. Things that Lex cannot defend himself against. Things that for Bray were a personal affront. You killed my brother. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. The things that Lex would not have been able to answer for. And that's what Lex would be left facing. Like, I mean nothing. I am... Because that's where Lex is supposed to be at the end of this fight after the mm-hmm. episode. So it's like, let Bray lose it. Let him hit Lex with everything that would remind Lex of how small he is in the world and that nobody cares about him anymore. Um I, just, I, I think that would have worked for me. I would have liked to have seen that. Uh, even again, even if Bray wasn't being completely fair in his accusations, you know, um, just have that cathartic, get it out there, mm-hmm. say how you feel, and then leave Lex just devastated on the rocks. The only thing I do like about this fight, I mean, the actors are fine. They're, I mean, well, Caleb is fine. I'm not great. I'm not thrilled with Dwayne's acting, but Caleb is great. Is the way Ebony uses this to elevate Bray, her puppet, and completely finish Lex, like a Mortal Kombat mm-hmm. mood. Like, I don't need you anymore. I've been playing the both of you, and now I've seen who's the better win. And Lex, you're finished. You're out of the ring. Because she's the one who went around telling everybody who won this fight. Mm-hmm. You know right. Bray didn't do this. It was all Ebony telling everybody, oh yeah, Bray totally kicked Lex's butt. Even though we all agree, nobody freaking won. You know what I mean? Like, they both got, it was a draw, you know, and they both were at a disadvantage in those moments. This was all about elevating Bray, because remember, in the last episode, people were doubting Bray's leadership, and she needs Bray over Beryl. And so I, that's the only thing I like, is the way she uses this fight to establish which of the boys has won, and that she's going to use is basically her court gesture. Yeah, I, I liked that. It's like, oh, Lex. It was cute how hard you tried, but, you you know, you're the loser in this, and you didn't even see it coming. Well, you know what? On that note, from everything you just described, I think that Lex and Celine had a way better fight than what we just witnessed between Bray and Lex. Are you talking about in season five? Yeah, because then they shouted everything that has happened over the course of time on how they felt about each other and that would have been nice to see that with Bray and Lex that is a good point though I have my own opinions about that fight but that's a good point yeah it's just thinking it must suck to be Lex at this moment though realizing that yeah the people who are still there actually would have been fine if you died and for him just the simple fact that with everything he did to Trudy he owes her his life right now that must be messing with Lex's mind as well yeah, absolutely. Not only have people telling you to your face that you should have died in exchange for her, that you weren't worth, they didn't come away with anything the way they see it, your life wasn't worth it, and then realizing that, yeah, I treated this girl like the scum of the earth for no good reason. There was no good reason for why I treated her that way, and she saved my life. Bray didn't. She did. Mm-hmm. She was the only person who thought I was worthy of living, and she's gone. Everybody else yep. feels I should have gone, that it should have been me. Yeah, that's got to mess with you. But do you think Lex is really thinking that? I'm just saying it's something that could possibly be going to his mind. Yeah, definitely. She should be thinking that. But 
Uh, I, I can imagine he is, especially with the amount he's drinking right now. Are probably even worse thoughts. It, it's just a, co- a combination of everything. Anybody who has gone through the darkest pit of their life, and the pit was a pit of their own making. I'm not talking about like, oh, other mm-hmm. like you did this to yourself, and now you're stuck in a corner, sitting in the dark, drinking it away. And have there's nothing you can do but face yourself. Like, I did this to myself. I ruined everything. You may not express it out loud, but at some point it does go through your head. The things mm-hmm. that you've done to get yourself here. So I'm just saying it's plausible that Lex has considered that, holy crap, of all the people, the only person who expressed I was worth living was Trudy. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. she had every right to wish me dead because of how I treated her. I'm just saying it's plausible, um, especially when when you think about how he reacted to her return, how he treats her when she returns. Yeah, he's desperate for her to forgive him and see that he wasn't trying to wreck the re- rescue. He was he, he really wants her approval, and it seems odd mm-hmm. that he would care what Trudy thinks. So I just think it's plausible that that has gone through his mind um, while he's wallowing in this drunkenness and hatred of himself. And it's just an interesting thought. Even if he hasn't considered it, he should consider that. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, she saved your life. And everybody else thinks you should have died. So, <laughs> think about that, buddy. Yeah, and he was begging on that beach, you know? He was begging people. He was begging Brady to just please choose him. He never asked Trudy because he never assumed she would make that choice. Mm-hmm. And yet, there she went. Yeah, but why did Trudy make that choice? That didn't make sense either. Because she's a decent human being. That's so. Okay, Carlin, were you not paying attention to what they were showing as she was being exposed to the Chosen, as she was suddenly given power to hurt people? Were you not paying attention to the fact they were making the point that Trudy, even when given the power to hurt someone like Ebony, who deserved it, she didn't use the power to do so? That is the whole point. That's not who Trudy is. They wanted to make sure they made that so that when Trudy returns, we understand what the Chosen have done to change her. That is not who Trudy is at her core. She may hate Lex. And in that moment, she doesn't want to go with the Chosen. And she doesn't want Bray to have to make a choice. But she is not going to let someone die for her sake. That is who she is. I understand that. She could have killed, Ep- she could have killed Ebony. She chose not to do it, even though mm-hmm. Ebony deserved it. The whole point is that's just not who Trudy is. She's not a killer. Even if you deserve a sword right in your heart, she won't do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I get that. I just don't agree with it. I don't either. I, I totally would have killed Ebony, and I would have let her <laughs> die. Absolutely. But that's the point. <laughs> Trudy's a better person than me. <laughs> but even if this is so-called being a better person, it's still set off a chain of events. And I think even though it's it's awesome and dandy that Trudy is this great person, Somebody needs to talk to her to the side and say, hey, listen, I know you mean well. I know you're doing well, but this isn't a peachy dandy world and all this stuff. Sometimes you, you have to be selfish for the greater good. Yeah, but how could she have known that? I, I know who I'm not teaming up with during the zombie apocalypse. So Yeah, yeah, Trudy. Not, not you. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to live, you guys, if you want to survive and be a part of the, str- the strongest tribe that has ever seen, and plus, I'm going to have the coolest tribe name ever. Oh, dear, shoot. 
that D- Dale and his lackeys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Are you? Yeah, okay. So that makes everything fine and dandy. You don't sound very sorry to me. How am I supposed to sound? Like you mean it? What do you want me to do, grovel? That'd be the day. If you don't mind me saying so, you're not being very mature about all this. And what do you call making someone spill their guts to a dog? Oh yeah, that sounds incredibly mature. Let's, let's talk about um, Ellie and Jack, because Alice thinks that Ellie should apologise to Jack for her earlier prank. However, when she does go to do so, he accuses her of being insincere, and it does turn into an argument between them. Um, yeah, Pam, what did you think of Ellie's kind of disaster of an apology? She's even worse at doing that than I am. <laughs> I mean, seriously, that's not an apology, Ellie. It's just, no, it's not. No matter how funny you think it was, he doesn't find it funny. That girl has a lot to learn. I do think it's ironic that Jack, of all people, has his feelings hurt and expects some sincere, heartfelt apology. And it's just like, Jack, have you ever given a sincere, heartfelt apology? You are the last person who has the nerve to be so upset at Ellie for hurting her feelings. Because you are a total dick. You hurt people's feelings all the time, thoughtlessly. And they don't call you out on it. So I just found that ironically funny. Again, they're the same person. But I also feel like Ellie has that entitled attitude of she's not sorry for what she did to Jack. She does, you know, feels bad that he doesn't seem to like her anymore. And, you know, I love the advice Alice gives her. It's just solid. It's the sort of thing that I would have said to my child explaining the situation. She's very gentle with her sister. She doesn't berate her, but she does call her out. And explain what she did wrong and how she has to make it right. And Lee's entitled attitude that I'm owed forgiveness. I just say the words and then everything's fine. <laughs> and again, because she's not considering how Jack really feels. She just expects him to say, hear the words and be like, oh, okay, well, then everything's fine. And instead she gets angry because she doesn't get her instant forgiveness. You know, I mean, I get what Ellie's feeling. She didn't think it was a big deal. I understand that. Maybe in her family, they do use dark, sarcastic humor to tease each other. So if she had done this to her sister or something, it wouldn't have been a big deal. So she's looking at him like, what is your problem? I was joking. But again, if you have to explain the joke to somebody, it clearly didn't land and wasn't all that funny. So I just, you know, I was like, I don't feel bad for Ellie. I don't exactly feel bad for Jack because he's done this to people countless times and not apologized it up ever because these people didn't ask for an apology or expect one from him i just feel like it's interesting that there's two people the same person you know having to try and date themselves so um like okay loki have fun with that i think one of the reasons jack is so upset by it though is because for him this is the first time he actually felt more than friendship not talking about dal here but You know, this one means a lot to him in a different way. So I think that's why he's more upset about it. I can believe why he's upset about it. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with him being upset about it. I just think it's ironically funny that Jack is upset that someone hurt his feelings and it matters so much because he actually likes her, but never considers how many feelings of people he's hurt and has never cared about the feelings he's hurt. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like, "Oh, you're getting a taste of your own medicine here. It's not fun, is it?" Yeah, that's true. When when Alice was talking to Ellie, and she was like, "Oh, you can't do that to Jack. He's a nice guy." The moment she said that, I was like, "Uh, uh he's okay." 
he's a bit of a uh, an a hole. <laughs> yeah, but compared to a lot of the other other idiots out there, she has a point. I get what Alice is saying. Like, um, one, she's not saying that you can't do that to Jack. She's just telling her sister, you have to consider the feelings of others. And just because he's a boy doesn't mean his ego isn't fragile and that his feelings can't be hurt, just like yours. If he had done something like this to you that you didn't think was funny, your feelings would be hurt and you'd be pouting about it. Well, he's a human being just like you. He's an adolescent. She's not saying that, oh, Jack is above you treating him this way, just... He's a person, Ellie. Of course, you hurt his feelings. You have to fix it. And when she's saying he's a nice guy, yeah, I agree with Sabine. It's comparatively. You got to remember, she hasn't seen him on a daily basis treating people mm -hmm. like that. You know, um, so in her eyes, yeah, of all the people her little sister could get involved with, Jack's a nice one. You know, like, go ahead. These guys don't grow on trees. Yeah. It's just, um, yeah, I mean, it just wasn't even a funny joke to begin with. It's the sort of thing we would have done in my family. It's the sort of thing I told you. I get the humor. Um, but again... I feel like it would have been funnier if they used the pig. But Bob, of all animals? I don't know. Maybe it was a spare of the moment thing. Was this like an out of character for her? Did it seem like that to you guys? Like she doesn't really pull pranks like that again. Whether or not I think this is in character for Danny. I mean for uh, Ellie to do. Since you're right, we don't really see her play tricks on people. I think it's consistent with Ellie's sense of humor and hubris and how she does treat people. I do think it's in character for her. Um, Ellie and Alice both have a bit of a darker sense of humor. For all the ways Jack treats people like garbage, he doesn't have much of a sense of humor. <laughs> and, um, but uh, Ellie does have a finer sense of humor than him. I do think it's in character for her. She doesn't do it to Jack again. I mean, think about the way um, she kind of teases him a little bit about the puppet guy. You know what I mean? Like, she knows that Jack is insecure. And though she has no intentions of running off with the ventriloquist dude, she does play with Jack a little bit. Just teases him a little bit about it. You know, so I don't think it's out of question for Ellie, you know, um, especially when you think you're the most clever person in the room. Yeah, she's not. No, it depends on the room. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, she was in there with Dale. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> okay, let's move on. Um, so Tyson interrupts a moment between Bray and Danny to quiz him about Ebony's reluctance to gather antidote ingredients correctly suspecting that he's given her the formula. Chasing Danny away, she remarks to Bray that I think she likes you, but then again, who doesn't? So two important questions here, panel. First question, what's going on here in Tysan's head? And more importantly, why hasn't Bray outed Ebony about her involvement in this entire saga? That's easy. If Bray would have outed, would have outed Ebony in this, he would have had to admit that he gave her the freaking formula. But that's minor. That's, that's minor it, in the grand scheme of... Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's minor, but his position as leader is already in question. And trust is so, so very important. Mm -hmm. He's blackmailed him, has put Trudy's life at risk. She should be kicked out. This should not be a secret. What, like, I agree with I, you. I, I, I can't even fathom Bray doing this. It's, it's, I can't. <laughs> I honestly feel that in this situation, if, if Bray had legit just told them, look, this is what Ebony did to me, 
and I broke your trust because I was trying. I think pretty much everyone would be like, well, that's understandable. The only reason they're angry mm-hmm. at him later is because he kept it a secret for so long. Yeah. But if you just told them right away, I'm really sorry, you guys, but this is what's going on with Ebony. Um, and she, you know, this is what she did. And I betrayed your trust and I gave her the formula because I was trying to get Trudy and Brady back. I think mm-hmm. his tribe would have been very understanding of that. Tyson mm-hmm. might have been like, okay, I'm a little upset, but you told us right away, let's get rid of her. Like, she's dangerous. Mm-hmm. Okay? So, I agree with you, Lance. He could totally just come clean, and he would be forgiven. This breach of trust would be understood. But I think it's more of a Bray problem, um, where Bray... Well, we notice, think about it, Bray doesn't just agree to let Ebony be leader because she's blackmailing him. I do believe on some level Bray is scared he can't do this. He's messing up. He did, He never believed he could do this. This wasn't anything mm-hmm. he wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Amber was the leader, not Bray. He was just the provisions guy. She made the big calls, the, and she was good at it. He watched Amber be so good at it every time she came up against a wall he watched her handle herself and he admired her for it and yet he's proving that he can't do the same when he comes up against walls he just gets broken against the rocks he doesn't know how to handle this he doesn't have a strategic mind he his judgment of people is bad and he doesn't know what to do i think he's seriously doubting himself and i Mm -hmm. think he's scared to admit that to admit I'm no good at this, you know, um, and that someone else or other people, I should, you know, deputize other people, designate other people for mm-hmm. roles in this tribe. Um, I think part of it is his ego. Like, if I can't do this for Amber, what good am I? He's making a terrible, terrible choice. And I do feel it's for selfish reasons because he doesn't want to admit, I suck at this. And I'd have to say that to everybody that I failed at this i'd have to say to amber in my own mind that i failed at this it's very selfish to me um i I think bray just doesn't want to look at himself in the mirror and he's running from it he's running from his inadequacies and yeah he understand. he does recognize i kind of need ebony because she has a conviction i've never had and i'm scared I don't agree with him, but I, this is him. Like he, he's messed up. He is screwed mm. up and he's I, just continuing a spiral of bad choices because of it. And he's, I'm not on his team. I'm not on his team. I'm not defending him at all. I'm just like, look what you're doing to yourself. You idiot. I, I can't see the sense. <laughs> I can't see the thought process that l- that's leading him to think, okay, yeah, I, I can f- keep being played by Ebony here. It doesn't make any sense at this point in time. He just had this massive fight with Lex. He could have brought this to light. The whole tribe could have known. It would have pushed things forward. It, it just doesn't make any sense. Maybe the fact that on that beach, when it was down to him, because we I've already expressed that I do believe he's projecting anger at himself onto Lex. Mm-hmm. Because he was the one who did nothing to save Trudy. It was on him. And he chose to do nothing. And he won't admit that. He just immediately keeps saying, it's all Lex's fault. It's all Lex's fault. She, he's the reason I'll never see them again. On and on and on. Mm-hmm. And everybody else feels sorry for him. So they're like, it's okay, Bray. It's okay. You know, all that stuff. No one's calling him out on his inaction. Because they feel sorry for him. I think that moment of realizing he didn't have the balls or the ovaries or whatever to do what needed to be done and he isn't fit for this 
But Ebony, as ruthless as she is, is the one person he knows does have the ovaries to make these tough decisions. He hates it. He hates himself. But she's not wrong when she calls him out. I, I can't tell this. Ray knows in his head, giving Ebony the keys to the power of the Morass is the worst decision he can ever do. He knows this. She will tear this tribe apart. I, I can't see him thinking, yeah. like, even though I failed spectacularly, she is better at this than me. I, I I still can't see that jump in the connection between Bray <laughs> thinking this. <laughs> well, it's either that. It's either him realizing I suck at this and I need somebody who's stronger than me to do this with me. Mm-hmm. Why would he succumb to her? Or it's the fact that Bray is too afraid to admit he's a failure to mm-hmm. everyone and just tell them the truth. Either way, it's all selfishness. Giving in to Ebony still makes him part leader. Telling them what he did and how he screwed up would be cause for Lex to try and take over yet again. And this time they might side with Lex. Ebony kidnapped <laughs> True. Yeah, I know. You, you don't... Ellen, no matter what, you, how ashamed you might feel that everyone's going to think about you, this is serious. You can't just wipe yeah. that away and elevate I, her to a position of power. I, I know he can't... He shouldn't do that, but... That's what's happening, because he's too scared to admit that he messed up that big, and that he didn't tell them in the first place, but just simply show them that he doesn't trust them enough to share that information. The shame spiral is very interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, From the outside, we can observe that if this person was able to simply admit their folly, the spiral would end. We know that. You know, your therapist will tell you that. You need to hold that mirror up and you have to look at that person. You have to accept who's looking back at you or you're never getting out of the spiral. It's just going to continue going down the drain. And until the day you do look in that mirror and say, okay, this is who I'm dealing with and accept that's who you're dealing with, you aren't going to be able to stop the downward slide. And we have seen time and time again, people who are embarrassed about who they are and the choices they've made will continue making bad choices because they do not want to accept they made them in the first place. And that's all Bray has been doing is to deflecting the blame from himself because he doesn't want to acknowledge it. He doesn't want to face it. And so, of course, he is going, again, I don't say this as a defensive Bray, I don't say this as um, poor Bray. You should feel for him. This is not even me empathizing with him. This is simply a description, an explanation for what he is doing. And that's why things just continue to get worse from him. He is the key to his own destruction. He is doing this to himself and he has no one to blame but himself. And Ebony is playing him. This isn't even like, oh, I kind of trust her and I still hope for her. No, it's not even mm-hmm. that. You know, this is just, I don't want to face the truth about I, how I messed up. I can't face that, you know, so I'm going to ignore it completely, project. I mean, it's really convenient that he doesn't once hold her responsible for what happened. Because then he'd have to admit what he did and the part he played. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, this is just like, wow, wow. Trudy deserved better than this. Your tribe deserves better than this. You know, Amber would have absolutely called him out. That's one thing I did like when Danny was like, what is going on? You know what I mean? Um, I'm just like, Bray, you are effing up big time, buddy. And you have no one to blame Mm -hmm. but yourself. 
because this is completely selfishly motivated. This is someone hiding from themselves, running into a corner, and just making up every excuse to rationalize what he's doing. Yeah, and the people closest to him see that. You know, Danny sees something's up, Tyson sees through it. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. that's, that's, they're using the narrative to show you that Bray is completely in the wrong for what he's doing. You should not be feeling sorry for him. He's he's messed up and he's running scared from his own poor judgment and bad choices. And um, you know, it could be the latent grief coming in. You know, mm-hmm. he was able to hide from the grief of losing Amber and distract himself with a project. And now it's been compounded with the loss of Trudy and Brady, and he can't run from it anymore. It's a Dorian Gray situation. He refuses to look at that portrait of, of himself. Yeah, Bray just comes across as a uh, <clears throat> a stubborn little boy who just feels like he can fix anything. He's always just trying to fix it, but he truly needs help because he does not have the situation handled. And even when I was watching this episode, I was trying to take everything in seriously but it completely ruined it when they decided to show Ebony talking and then break off and just show <laughs> Casey throwing the watches like, damn it. <laughs> what was with that edit? <laughs> Why would you break the tension of such an important scene with this? I don't know what that was. I was so stupid because that was a great scene. I, I mean, I loved everything. I loved how Ebony handled him. She is using his flaws against him. She is using his um, his inability to accept he was wrong, to accept he messed up against him. And she's able to because he refuses to accept what he's done until it's, she's going to already have done too much damage before he's going to come clean and realize, I did this. You know what I mean? I'm the one mm-hmm. putting my tribe in this danger. Um so all of that is so great. I love that scene. And the I'm what Bray is doing to his tribe. Oh my gosh. I it's such a good scene for me. It is the highlight of the episode. It is so well done. I love how it's so obvious that Bray is basically lying to them, covering something up, and they're looking at him and they're trusting him. They're listening, and you're like, Bray, these people would be receptive if you just told them the truth. Get rid of Ebony, you know what I mean? You know you need to get rid of her. And then the way, I love the fact that way Lex comes in. Lex is making sense, but again, you give sensical things to Lex because he's the wrong person to even be saying these things, you know? And then putting the Marats in this position where you gave them no good choice. What Bray, Bray using this art, oh, wow. I was like, ooh, manipulative Bray's back. Mm-hmm. Nice to see you, buddy. It's been a while. <laughs> um, we missed that. And, and it annoyed me because it's like he can't be this way with Ebony, but he's willing to do this to his tribe. Like, oh, it's you either, I, what, he, what he says to them, you either just agree with this and accept that Ebony's going to be joint leader or you're on your own. Like, what? I would have immediately been like, okay, we are voting for a new leader, buddy. No way. No way. You have no right to be doing that. Oh. Okay, let's, let's get into that because, oh, my God, that annoyed me so much. Like, what did you make of that ultimatum? That was BS and no good leader. Absolutely would nonsense. Sorry. <laughs> that Bring was just... Off back. Oh, a genuine flack for being a poor, a poor leader and that's absolutely he deserves that but this uh, 
combined with the whole Ebony thing, this, I do not believe it. It's just writing, forcing this issue to get Ebony where she needs to be. And I don't like it because it doesn't work at all. I think it is the culmination of this emotional spiral they've put Bray on. They took a, they took someone who's usually quite stable and doesn't let a ton of things bother him. And then they up the ante. They take away his freedom. They put him in a leadership position that he's not prepared for. And then they just start making things go wrong. They take his ability to make decisions away from him. And they take family member away from him. And now Bray's basically backed into a corner. You know, like a, a mad cat. So considering that like we talked about how they didn't exactly handle his emotional state in this episode. Like he starts off threatening Ebony's life but then completely just, you know, backs off. And, you know, you know what we were talking about? It didn't do a very good job with mm-hmm. keeping him centered. Maybe this is the culmination of just how bad it's gotten for Bray, that this is where he's pushed to. This is how helpless he is, that he would make one of the most disastrous and stupidest decisions possible because he doesn't, he honestly has no idea what he's doing. It's almost like throwing his hands up in the air and admitting defeat. Or something. I'm not saying it works for me, but maybe that's what they were going for. To me, it just feels like he thinks this is the only option he has left. He knows they already think he failed as a leader. He probably thinks the same thing as well. And then there's Ebony. And if he admits to the others that Ebony played him, that she managed to get the formula for him, from him, he does not want to admit that. Because that's just showing how much he messed up even more. So I think this is just his last hope at being able to prevent Sally Nemda. But I'm totally with Danny's looks on it. Is the guy insane? Has he lost the plot completely? Mm-hmm. Because why on earth would you think Ebony would make a good co-leader that won't manipulate everything? Mm. Yeah, it just doesn't seem like Ebony's blackmail doesn't hold much weight. I mean, I mean, even Bray said it before, like, you know, you go away with the with the antidote. Who are you going to sell it to? We, you know, we give it away for free. She would literally have to go to the other side, not even in the city. She has to go like outside of the city to actually make a profit where people couldn't travel the distance to go to the Marats. Well, I think her leverage is not the fact that she has the formula. It's the fact that Bray gave it to her. It's the fact that he betrayed his own tribe by giving it to her when one of the things they agreed upon is that no one else was getting that formula. You know, and I agree, because now uh, Bray's behavior is starting to show consistency. Why he was so angry at Lex, because he's okay with being an idiot, Bray is, but he is not okay when he is like his own idiot, or... Can I say this? Mm-hmm. When people see Bray just being an idiot on his own, and there's no one else to blame, and it's completely his fault. So I agree with Ebony, that entirely. Yes, yeah. So with Ebony blackmailing him for that reason, yeah, I can 100% agree how uh, Bray is gonna double down and say, "No, Ebony, wait, please." <laughs> they can't see that I'm an idiot. Bray cares a lot what people think of him, 
We saw that a lot in season one where how caught up he was and what his actions looked like to other people, you know, during the water trial, what was he so upset about? Is that the fact people thought that about him? Mm -hmm. You know, he even says that to Amber, like what happens when she's allowed to think that I hoarded the water? He's very caught up in what people think of him. And I get that. Mm -hmm. We all have our idea of our public perception. I wouldn't want to be seen as a bad person if I didn't think I was one, you know, but because he's so hung up on what he looks like, he actually digs himself a deeper hole because he could have admitted to his tribe, Ebony blackmailed me from the formula to save Trudy and Brady. And that would have been forgiven. That would have been understood. People would have been like, okay, that makes sense because what else are you going to do? You know what I mean? Everybody would be on board with that. Because he's so afraid to let anyone know that he did that. Ebony's able to pull him further down to the hole. And now he can't admit that he messed up because this time there's no good reason for him doing what he's doing. It's just like, he doesn't want to look himself in the mirror. He doesn't want to admit he's the one who messed up. That's why it's easy to blame Lex and blah, blah, blah. And now he's even further in the hole. And now he has no one to blame but himself. And he doesn't want anyone to know that he's that dumb. His reputation as being the guy that doesn't lie and just, you know, the trustworthiness of Bray is all he has left. His reputation is all he has left because everything else is gone in his mind. You know what makes me more upset about this? Like, I can forgive the spiral. It's what it will take to get Bray mm-hmm. finally admit to everyone what he did. And I don't think it equals out. It's not until Danny's life is on the line during a trial that he's finally willing to admit to everybody what he did. And it's just to save Danny. And it's like, you were willing to let all of these horrible, horrible things happen to people around you. But only when Danny was in trouble, do you finally come clean? And it's only for her sake It's not for anybody else's. It's not to protect your Mm -hmm. tribe. It's not to finally take Ebony down. It's just to save Danny. That's what makes all of this worse for me. Because he lets a lot of bad things happen. (laughs) I think what's upsetting is that these guys aren't anywhere near as upset at Bray for this as they should be. And I don't like the fact that they all are just, even though they're unhappy Mm -hmm. about this, none of them actually say, you know what? We aren't going to take this. It's time to vote for a new leader. You know, I just feel like season one that no, not, nobody would have been able to pull a, a monarchy thing like this. You know what I mean? <laughs> it would have been like, okay, we're going to have a new election. Because if our leader is basically like, either you take me and Ebony or you don't have a leader, I I would have been like, fine, we'll just vote someone else in. Does anybody else want to be leader? I think it's strange they never had that conversation. I understand they're shocked at this moment, but following on, nobody actually says, you know what, we don't have to accept this. This is bullcrap. He's not a king. He, was a, he wasn't even elected. He got this by default. We can have a new election if we're not okay with this. You know, um, so I, that's the disappointing thing for me because it's like, you guys don't have to accept this at all. This is almost a military coup, if you think about it. Yeah, but the people who stood, would have stood up back then are gone. No, what I mean is even the people who end up voting along with it, they're not happy with it. They do it because they don't think they have a choice. And I just feel like you guys do. You just don't have to accept this, you know? And 
they don't have to accept this, but the people that would have stood up to this and say, no, we need elections, are people like, well, Amber. And see, this is where Danny could have made, like, a good dent. Like, mm -hmm. she, she's so willing to scream at people over petty things to get her goal, but it's like, this would have been a good time for her to realize, okay, something's not, Bray is, he's emotionally compromised. He should not be in a position of leadership. This is where you could have shown her strategic mind mm -hmm. of convincing everybody else that, all right, we need to have a different kind of election. We need to talk to other people who might want to take on the role of leadership or could. I just, somebody should have said something. You've got enough people who are not happy with this decision. That's all I'm saying. You've got a ton of people not okay with this. <laughs> just two final questions um, about the episode. Um, why do you think Tyson, who had an inkling, had some hints that um, something wasn't right, why didn't she speak up and... The second question about that is, um, what do you think would have happened if the rest of the tribe had called Bray's bluff about his ultimatum? I don't know about Tysan. I don't know what's going on in her mind right now. Maybe, I okay, I got nothing. I'll have to think about that. <laughs> Maybe I'll revisit it next episode. But as for what would happen if they had refused, I think it would have definitely been more on par with who the mall rats are supposed to be. Because again, this is like transitioning into... This is no longer a democracy. This is more just, again, it feels more like a monarchy. And mm -hmm. I, it just doesn't feel like the mall rats. This is where it becomes where, oh, well, who, whatever our leader says, we may not like it, but we just have to go on board. And nobody ever thinks that, no, we don't have to do this. Somebody else could lead. And the only other people who ever challenge for leadership are people like Lex or Ebony. And no one's going to vote for them. And mm -hmm. I, I, really wish they had returned to what the Marats are about and what they stand for and said, no, it's time to have a new election. It's time for somebody who actually wants this to earn it and be voted for. I don't know what would have happened, but I think the story would have had to be completely different because obviously mm. all of this happened so that the story can go forward. But I would have loved to have seen it. Absolutely. Or at least have seen them try. Yeah. You know, to stand up to this, the way they stood up to well, Lex's leadership in season one. And if they did that, at least at the very least, I still think they could have had the story go forward where Bray remains leader with Ebony. Mm -hmm. But you should have at least showed that they had tried another method and the other method didn't work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Rather than just going along with this despite their misgivings. If you had shown that they were like, all right, we need to have an election. We have to have a discussion about this. And then you could show that there were no better options for them. Then you can be like, okay, it's kind of like, you know, our two-party system in the States. Many of us are just voting for the lesser of two evils, you know what I mean? And I think they could have done something like that where after these kids have discussed it, after they've thought about other people taking the position, they fall on, well, okay, I guess we have to go with what Bray is, you know, presenting us because there aren't any better options. But not to even have them try, I don't like that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm just due to the fact that everyone should know that Bray is not a good leader or let's just say he's just not the right leader for this tribe. I'll put the blame on all the Marats because you're allowing him 
to, uh, I guess, keep making these awful decisions again and again. You know, first it was Trudy, or he already made horrible decisions even before that whole Trudy incident, but it was Trudy, and then now it's the whole Ebony as leader. Um, I don't know, it seems like there's just something wrong with this entire city, and when they can do something about whatever's affecting them, they choose not to, and they'd rather just have someone else save them, which is, uh, I mean, at least it's consistent, but it's, it's horrible to watch. Maybe it's a cautionary tale. I mean, think about it. We all agree Bray is not a good leader. He's a good man, but he's not a good leader. And maybe this is a cautionary tale of picking somebody simply because you like them as a person, mm -hmm. regardless of whether or not they're effective for the job. Especially considering Bray doesn't even want the job. You know, it's not like he said, oh, yes, I want to be your leader. Please just give me a chance. And they're like, well, we like him the best. Bray just got the job, you know, by accident because... Who else was going to take it at that moment of devastation for the group? Everyone was already looking to him and saying, you're our leader. And maybe that's the point. As we continue going on into season three until Bray is gone, many of our, our characters will just follow the person they like the most, mm -hmm. whether or not active. And, um, and nobody else ever thinks, I mean, again, unless it's Lex or Ebony, nobody else ever thinks... Maybe I could do this job. Or they never look at anybody else and say, maybe you could do this job. It just becomes easy for the writers to just praise the leader. And nobody else could ever consider being leader. No one else can have a fair argument about being the other leader. And so maybe it's a cautionary tale to young people that that's not how you should follow. That's not how you should choose who you follow. Because again, Bray's a nice guy. He's a good man. He's a crappy leader. And just because you like or trust someone doesn't mean you should follow them to the ends of the earth. Yeah. And he's only made, he only looks good compared to all the bad guys. <laughs> like, it's, it's almost like when you have a love interest for your character in a bad romance and they're just a terrible person, what they'll do instead of writing them as a better person, they'll just bring in a worse love interest. So you're like, well, okay, I guess she has to be with Christian Grey compared to Jose. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> That's so true. That's like I was just book. gonna say she has to be with Bray because otherwise the option's J. But right, exactly. And I feel like they've done that with the whole leadership thing. Instead of proving that Bray should have this position, we'll just bring in worse leaders so <laughs> to make it look good in comparison. It is interesting to see though because we see other tribes do the same thing. I mean, yeah, Suit was charismatic, but was he really a good leader? I mean, he just, people just decided to follow him because they thought he, he was a cool guy. And the thing is, we get peaks at better leaders, mm -hmm. aside from Amber. You know, we do get peaks at better leaders. I would argue that Moz is a better leader than Bray, you know what I mean? And, um, you know, I think there are better leaders out there, but we're not meant to even look at them or think about them because they're in opposition of our heroes, mm -hmm. you know? But I think some of them have proven they're better leaders at what they do and how they run their tribes and um, effectively they have, they can keep their tribes in line and, but we're never allowed to think about who would be better until Amber comes back. And then effectively she's the best leader ever. No one ever could stand. Wow. Mm -hmm. I would even argue that Ram might be a better leader than Bray. And I hate Ram. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, he's efficient. Yeah. Ram's not a bad leader. Huh. It's just his, in his intentions. I mean, Jaffa isn't that bad a leader at this point in time either. Jaffa's a great leader. 
I, I mean, his followers are brainless minions, but he gets the job done, they look up to him, and they do what he tells them to do. And they're friggin' happy! Mm -hmm. <laughs> they're really, really happy! They look so happy, it's just, it's adorable. So yeah, I just, this is very frustrating, but again, we're, I don't, we're not supposed to side with Bray, we're not supposed to be like, oh, poor Bray, I think Bray's the bad guy here, and we're supposed to understand that clearly, that what he's doing is wrong, and it's the wrongest wrong that'll ever wrong, you know, and we're supposed to feel that way. So, effective, well done. <laughs> First time I watched this. I actually felt bad for Bray being manipulated by Evan. But that was my teenage girl, Aw, oh, Bray is so dreamy mindset. I only felt bad for him when she blackmailed him for Trudy and Brady's mm -hmm. location. I felt bad for him there. I'm like, because I don't, I would do the same thing. I would have totally given yeah. up that antidote formula. It's, I, this is where I stopped feeling bad for him. Because it's like, you could have still come clean. Mm -hmm. You could still fix yeah. this. And you know how bad she is. You know what she did. You like now you can't hide from the fact of what she did. And you're gonna let this person help take care of the rest of your friends, the rest of the people you care about. Now you're wrong, Bray. Okay, now is I my sympathy goes out the window because you're so afraid of looking bad that again, like Danny, you're willing to do the wrong thing just to maintain control rather than doing the right thing and just admitting I messed up. You know what I mean? Why would you let her stay there? But again, Bray's meant to feel like he's so helpless that he thinks maybe he needs her. Like, I'm just like, whatever. Blah. Disgust. That's what I leave this episode with. You know, whatever bad thing happens to you next, Bray, you deserve it. Your tribe doesn't, but you totally do <laughs> at this point. <laughs> ah. But bravo to Ebony. Nice to see your plan come to fruition, ladies. This is this is what you've been working for. You are a wonderful villain. Kudos, gold star for you. <laughs> Smart move, girl. <laughs> I'm sure I've mentioned this before. It's just that I really wish that they didn't have to dumb down everybody else in order to make Ebony kind of win in this situation. Because um, like we've gone through this discussion before how, like, when, uh, when Ebony's facing off against certain people like Trudy, how... Like she fought that on her on the same terms. Like truly wasn't dumbed down. They were fighting on similar terms, and it was really great how that interplay reacted. But here it seems like everyone else has to be properly dumbed down in order to give Emily this victory, and it just really annoys me when that happens because oh, it's just really disappointing. You know what it's like? It's like comparing um, the first trial with Jack compared to the water trial with Bray. In the first trial with Jack, they got to show Lex's intelligence without everybody else being dumb. Mm -hmm. And so we admire Lex for winning that case because we got to see the intelligence that went behind it. And nobody else had to be made an idiot for mm -hmm. Amber to lose. You know what I mean? But in the water trial, everyone had to be dumbed down. So that Lex seemed clever and it's like you don't everyone else is just an idiot and this is the same thing I feel like you're right Ebony wins because everyone's really dumb compared to when she was with Trudy Trudy isn't dumbed down for Ebony to win it really no. it really was Ebony's intelligence and that's what happens I, I noticed with the writing like sometimes they don't know how to make a clever character clever without everybody else being really stupid. And I don't think these guys are that bad, Bray is, but 
yeah, you're right. There's just so much more they could have been doing rather than just accepting this. And it, while I'm giving Ebony a gold star for winning, it doesn't feel like she won because of her merits more than just she won because everyone else is really stupid. Right, right. They're just too afraid to stand up right now. If nothing else, this is a really good example of a puppet state mm-hmm. for a young audience. Like, Bray is just a figurehead, and he's motivated. Like, he's moved by the other influences in his life rather than making any decisions himself. And I think that's a really good illustration of it. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, how many decisions has Bray made on his own? How many decisions is he making because somebody else, like Danny or Tyson or Ebony, are influencing those decisions? And um, so there's that. <laughs> Yeah, it goes to show that most political uh, figures or political leaders are really just puppets behind the scenes. And we will get to explore Ebony's leadership in the next episode. So that brings Series 2, Episode 17 to a close. Thank you very much to the panel. And if you'd like to take part in a future episode of the podcast, you can fill out a form over on our website, thetribe.co.uk, or send us a message over on our Facebook page. So we'll see you next time for episode 18. Until then, bye. Bye. Later. Bye.